This is AgriPulse Open Mic. I'm your host, Jeff Daly. Our guest this week is Michigan U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. AgriPulse Open Mic is brought to you by Bayer. Bayer recognizes the vital role bees play in our agriculture system, as well as the beauty and productivity of our urban landscapes and gardens. The Bayer Bee Care Program has been working for the care and protection of honeybee health for nearly 30 years. AgriPulse Open Mic continues with U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow next. Let's feed the bees. Bees pollinate many fruits, nuts, and vegetables. Today, they're facing a food shortage of their own and need better access to pollen and nectar sources. Help the Feed a Bee Initiative plant wildflowers in all 50 states to feed bees and other pollinators, because feeding bees helps us all. Get involved by sharing a bee to Feed a Bee. For every use of the bee emoji and the hashtag Feed a Bee, Bayer will plant wildflowers on your behalf. Join us at feedabee.com and on social with hashtag feedabee. This is AgriPulse Open Mic. As the Senate Agriculture Committee prepares for its second field hearing, Michigan U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow recognizes the paradigm shift in profitability and uncertainty over domestic trade policy. As the committee's ranking member representing a diverse agriculture state, Senator Stabenow recognizes some commodity groups need help now. Well, there's definitely an urgency to give certainty to farmers and ranchers across the country about the farm bill, really the economic plan for the next five years for farmers. And we've seen prices drop, as you know, uh, significantly and a lot of challenges um, for farmers and ranchers right now on a number of different fronts. And so uh, that's why Senator Roberts and I want to move as quickly as we can to get the input we need on what needs to be strengthened, what's working, what's not working, and then move forward on a farm bill as soon as we can. I, I know that in Michigan, one of the big areas I'll be focused on for improvement is in dairy. The new milk program we put in place, uh, unfortunately, did not hit the mark, and we've had a lot of dairy farmers in very, very tough situations right now, so that's a big one for me. I know in other parts of the country there's a concern about fixing some things related to cotton uh, and other uh, issues as well, even though we've heard in general that the framework of the, the last farm bill has worked uh, we certainly want to do what we can to make it better. Is it possible that the continuing resolution for the balance of fiscal 17 would include policy for dairy and for cotton? And if so, does that change what's available for the 18 bill? Well, our uh, dairy farmers and cotton growers need help immediately, and so I'm supportive of addressing concerns right now if we can do it in uh, the appropriations process. I think it's really important that it be done for both of our important commodity groups, not just one. And so I support doing something as long as uh, it's dairy as well as cotton. Uh, And it does help us. I think, first of all, the most important thing is it helps uh, farmers. But secondly, uh, it would uh, give us a little more leeway in the next farm bill as we are addressing a number of concerns. So we've got some other ideas as well um, to help our dairy farmers in the, the short run. And so uh, I'm hopeful I'm hopeful that we can get some 
uh, support some relief for both cotton and dairy this year. I would expect those who testify at the hearing on Saturday would come from your home state. And what would you expect would surface in this meeting? Well, one of the things that um, I always love to brag about about our our Michigan agricultural economy, which is, by the way, the second largest industry in Michigan, is that we have more diversity of crops than any other state but California. And so you will see in the, the 15 or 16 people that we have that will be testifying uh, that we represent everything from fruits and vegetable growers to livestock to traditional grains of corn and wheat and beans and and uh, we have small farms in more urban areas and large farms and of course dairy and organic and, and um, we have everything, Christmas trees, horticulture, I mean, we we literally run uh, the gamut. I think everything but rice and cotton and peanuts, and we have a little bit of brown rice. So we uh, have everything. So that will be represented. Um, one of the reasons I've always, as a member of the agriculture committees in the House and the Senate, paid attention to every page of the Farm Bill is that we have so much diversity in Michigan. And uh, the other thing that is, I will say, in addition to uh, various parts of the agricultural economy, our producers. We have a huge stake in the conservation title, what we're doing with our new regional conservation program, and uh, we have significant partnerships going on between farmers and agribusiness and local communities that relate to our watersheds and uh, forestry, and uh, we also have a large bioenergy economy. So we'll be hearing from all of those, um, as well as we, we have forestry in, in northern Michigan, the Upper Peninsula, a uh, very important part of our economy as well. So we'll get the, the breadth of agriculture and the farm bill uh, when we're listening on May 6th in our field hearing. The bulk commodity supply in the U.S., corn and soy, wheat, the same bulk commodities in the globe, is a growing supply, and it's certainly having an effect on the prices that farmers receive. Is it time to return U.S. farm policy to supply management? Well, that we'll, we certainly will be listening to suggestions um, and the debate around that. Um, we know that our farmers are impacted by what's happening around the world and, and why, uh, from an agricultural standpoint, trade is so important and having markets. Uh, our farmers have to be able to sell. We sell around the world and, and, and frankly, we feed the world. And so we'll, we will be looking at all of those things as we approach. The farm bill. Can you approach higher acreage in the CRP, and if so, how do you pay for it? Well, you just said the big, the, the number one question, which is how do we pay for it? I would gladly support raising the cap on CRP if we, within the context of the farm bill, can figure out you know how we pay for that. And there's a lot of discussions going on, a lot of support to do that, but we'll have to. Uh, decide in the context again when we look at the whole farm bill and all the different needs uh, I'm, I'm hopeful we can do that uh, how much we can do that I think is really the question it's very early in the game but I would just ask your perception do you think we're more about tweaking the old policy or are we writing new policy in this one to be effective to protect the industry moving ahead 
seems that we are more tweaking except in the area of dairy and the milk program and uh and again our cotton producers um uh, are asking for something more substantial, but when we look at the commodity title and uh, the ARC program and PLC, uh, we can tweak the numbers, but in general, we're hearing uh, positive things about it. We certainly are hearing positive things about crop insurance, and um, I'm interested in seeing if we can't even, again, expand crop insurance uh uh, to our milk producers. I mean, every other commodity gets the, the safety net and the commodity title and the capacity to buy uh, crop insurance um, except for milk. And so, um, you know, I think if anything, we'll be looking at how we can even more effectively use risk management tools like crop insurance as well as the conservation programs to help uh, farmers be able to manage their risk. But it it appears that, so far anyway, that people are in general supportive of the direction that we put in place in 2014. Would you see the 18 bill addressing urban agriculture or addressing food waste? I think we should be doing both of those things. Urban agriculture is, of course, a small part of the entire agricultural economy, but it's very important to the farmers that are involved, to people in urban areas who want access to fresh foods, and and it is creating jobs. There are places uh, around Michigan where, from Grand Rapids to Detroit and uh, around Michigan, where the combination of farmers' markets and urban agriculture have brought in more people, frankly, to support agriculture, and that's a good thing. I mean, we need... People, whether they have a small plot of land or thousands of acres, both to understand uh, where our food comes from, you know, that it's not, uh, doesn't come from the grocery store, you know, it's, uh, folks are working hard to produce it every day. And, uh, and also we can create jobs in a lot of different ways. So we lose nothing by expanding opportunities for small growers to be part of the economy. The White House wants health care reform, and some had suggested that savings from health care reform might provide additional dollars for a farm bill or for tax reform. Must those be done, uh, and can that savings go toward those areas? Well, what I want to see in health care is rather than the discussion about uh, taking away health insurance for tens of millions of people, I think we had a work together and talk about how we bring the costs down. So prescription drug costs, uh, broader health insurance costs, co-pays and premiums, that's an area where we should be working together on. And uh, I'm hopeful that we can do that. Uh, in my mind, it is the only way if there's, quote, savings in health care is if you're actually eliminating the ability for uh, people across the country to get health care, to get health insurance. And so um, I've not seen anywhere where those numbers really add up. But um, from, a, from a standpoint of people living in small towns as well as big cities, uh, the cost of health care is something we need to tackle. And there's a way to do it in a bipartisan manner that I hope that folks will want to do. President Trump had a 21% cut in store for the farm budget. How would that affect your farm bill? Well, the, the yearly budget, as you know, is separate from what we call mandatory funding in the Farm Bill. But it is related. For instance, 
the uh, cut, which, by the way, is the third largest cut of any department. I was just shocked that the uh, proposals were made to eliminate rural water and sewer uh, programs, eliminate rural uh, small business loan programs. I can go anywhere in Michigan, any direction, and talk to small business owners who got their start because of a rural development small business loan. Uh, and uh, But when you look directly at the relationship between the Farm Bill and uh, the cuts to the USDA, we're talking about uh, potentially a loss of 10,000 employees that are directly involved in the local service agencies that are helping people, uh, you know, servicing them to sign up for uh, the the commodity program or the, the conservation program or getting involved, you know, servicing farmers. And our new Secretary of Agriculture has indicated he wants to put a premium on service, which I think is terrific, but if he loses... 10,000 people across the country in small communities, rural areas that are actually providing services to farmers, it'll make it tougher for him to keep that commitment. The last time that you and I talked, it was prior to the confirmation of former Governor Purdue. After you have gone through the hearing process and now the confirmation from the Senate and that Sonny Purdue is our 31st Secretary of Agriculture, what have you heard and what do you hope for from a Purdue-led USDA? Well, I'm confident that the new secretary is committed to agriculture, having grown up on a farm himself. I feel he's somebody that will work with us uh, across the aisle and uh, just uh, do everything he can to try to help us get a farm bill done. And so, you know, I, that's what we need. It's uh, That secretary has been a long time coming. But once we had uh, his nomination and paperwork in front of us, the committee moved very quickly. We had a strong bipartisan vote for his confirmation. And I'm feeling very comfortable that he's going to get to work and that, that we're going to be able to hopefully keep agriculture a partisan-free zone, which we try to do all the time. In attention to trade policy, the country last year running a half-trillion-dollar trade deficit, unfortunately, to countries that are our top agriculture customers. Talk last week about removing ourselves from NAFCA shifted to an early reconsideration of that trade agreement. How do you see the Trump trade agenda and how important now to move ahead to resolve the net red ink and not sacrifice agriculture? Well, we know that agriculture needs markets. We have to sell. And so it's uh, that's different than the dynamics around manufacturing, which are also important in my state and, and other issues. I've always said we want to export our products, not our jobs. And so there's things we can do around tax policy to make sure the plants aren't moving overseas. But we need markets in agriculture. And uh, I'm not sure what the trade policy is. I've heard all kinds of different versions. Um, I know that there are ways, and you know, dairy, uh, our dairy farmers having problems with Canada right now. I know that uh, Mexico is dumping cheap sugar in violation of uh, the rules into the United States, and there are other areas around enforcement that I think are important. You know, if, if they wanted to, to tweak it or make changes uh, to uh, help uh, our farmers and, and help uh, workers and businesses in America, I would be supportive of that, but it 
at this point, I've heard every possible version of what uh, the trade agenda is, and I think we'll have to just wait and see. You're caught in a hard spot on this trade agenda because you've got folks in manufacturing that are afraid of trade, exactly. and you've got agriculture that needs it. That's not an easy task. It's it is it is challenging, but but so I do a lot of focus on leveling the playing field, trade enforcement, you know, so that we can open markets. Senator Stabenow, we want to thank you very much for spending time with us on this edition of Open Mic. It is Open Mic, and you have the last word. Well, I just want to say once again that, you know, we, we ought to all care about agriculture and uh, the food industry and forestry and 16 million people work in our country, and everybody gets to eat as a result of those folks willing to go out and work hard every day with the big risks of the weather and the markets and so on, and we uh, owe everybody a big thank you. Our thanks to Michigan U.S. Senator Debbie Stavidow, our guest this week on Open Mic. AgriPulse Open Mic is brought to you by Bayer. Bees play a vital role in our agriculture system and are important contributors to the beauty and productivity of our urban landscapes and gardens. Since bees help to pollinate much of the healthy foods that we eat, they're important to our food supply and to our lives. That's why the Bayer Bee Care Program has been working for the care and protection of honeybee health for nearly 30 years. For AgriPulse, I'm Jeff Allen.